This is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Simply Real Estate and I am your host, Todd C. Slater. So listen, today we are going for a free-for-all. That's it. Real estate. Any conversation you want to have today, I'm willing to chat about. So... Don't forget, you can reach us here at 416-872-1010. And for those of you that are out of the 416 area, hey, listen, I, you know what? I didn't even know we had this long distance number for some of our listeners. So if you want to get in touch with us, 1-877-518-5151, or you can text me right here at 71010. So do you have some questions about real estate? Well, you know what? I always have questions because there is so much that has been going on on the last few weeks of the year. Coming up into the new year, you know what? Things may change a little. We might see some uh, some changes in the market. We know interest rates are kind of starting to wobble a little because of the U.S. But how about some of the hot topics that we've been talking about over the last few weeks? First and foremost was, of course, the energy audit. What do you think? How about you? Do you want an energy audit on your home when you go to sell it? Does it make sense? I don't know. For me, I'm not a big fan of the idea, but what do you think? Should you have an energy audit on your home? And how about the fact that the down payments are going to change with uh, the coming of CMHC changing the rules from $500 to $1 million? Does it make sense? Are we going to be doing something to the market when we do this? Is it going to cool it off? starting February, because that's when they're going to implement this new rule. I'm kind of curious on what your take is on this, because you know what? This is one of those situations where I think the government's stepping in. They're trying to make a little bit more security for the, uh, the insured mortgages. Now, just by definition, CMHC, Canadian Mortgage Housing Corporation, it is, of course, this is part of the government ensuring high ratio mortgages. And of course, a high ratio mortgage is deemed to be less than 20% down payment. Or for that matter, when we talk about it, we look at something somewhat of uh, 80% or more um, uh, mortgage that you're putting on the property. So you're not coming up with a lot of money when it ha- when you start using a high ratio mortgage. But again, there's nothing wrong with using you know CMHC. They're great to have. We can go with 5 or 10% down on a property. But again, the rules are changing. And is it going to cool the market off? I'm kind of curious on what you think. Does it make sense? Is it making a lot of sense for us to do something like this? So let's find out. Now, we've got a caller on the line, and it's Mario. And uh, you're asking about a line of credit or a mortgage, which is better. Thanks for the call, Mario. No problem. And so, sorry, you're asking, in, is it better to have a line of credit or a mortgage? Now, is this on a principal residence or is this on an investment property? Principal residence. Principal residence. Okay. So you understand that when you do a line of credit, that you typically your payment is interest only, correct? Correct. Okay. So what, what do you have right now? Do you have a line of credit or a mortgage? It's a line of credit with basically, um, yeah, so it's a line of credit and we pay more than the interest only, of course. Okay. But what I like is the freedom that, you know, if you got a couple extra bucks one month, boom, you pop it down. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Now, interest rates seem to be about one, maybe half a percent higher on a line of credit than they are on a principal mortgage. Right. And they will go up as soon as the banks can. 
yeah, as you opposed know, to locking in. Well, exactly. And, and you know, Mario, uh, you know, it, it, it's actually a great point for our listeners. Um, you know, when we look at things such as a mortgage product or a credit line, um, we're looking at two different things, and our interest rates are going to change up a little in the near future. Uh, have you ever thought of going with a variable mortgage? No. Okay. Because uh, the idea of a variable mor- mortgage is that you're going to be surfing the prime rates. But just so you know, it's actually very advantageous because typically, historically, the, um, the idea of a variable mortgage has actually worked out better the long term, uh, you know, historically. So if you take a five-year fixed or if you go to a five-year variable, you actually are paying less interest. And that interest rate's much, much lower than you will on your credit line. So, you know what, best thing for you to do is go to your bank, find out what kind of mortgage product they can offer you, and then do a little bit of a comparison. Because I think you're going to get a pretty low interest rate on a variable today. Okay. All right. Thanks for the call, Mario. So, folks, you know, when we start talking about things such as what Mario was talking about, you know, looking at where the rates are going, with the uh, with the U.S. this week actually turning around saying, hey, look, at, you know what, we're doing great, so we're going to up, you know, the basic bank rates, you know, going up by a quarter of a point. This will have a little bit of an adverse effect for people that are looking at fixed rate mortgages because this affects the bonds. Now, if we look at the big picture for our future, where are things going? This is why I was mentioning Mario, hey, why don't we keep an eye on things such as variables, okay? Variables are kind of an interesting what, you know, an interesting way to be able to save money. A lot of people get a little bit nervous because they're afraid that, listen, if something jumps like crazy, then what do you do? Uh, you know, if we're looking at big increases in our rates, are we going to turn around and suffer? But I don't think we're going to see this massive upward pressure. So, folks, if you've got some questions, you know what? You've tuned into uh, Simply Real Estate. I'm your host, Todd Z. Slater, and I've got a free-for-all today. You know, love to hear from you, 416-872-1010, or you can always text me at 71010 right here at the station. And you know what? We're talking about anything real estate related. It's been one heck of a year, hasn't it? You know what? 2015, I think, is going to go down in the record books as one of the most, um, you know, impressive years as far as sale prices. But there's been so much going on. And here's another one that, you know, I think what we need to really talk about. And I want people's, you know, take on this. The whole idea of an energy audit. You know, I think it's the government trying to waste some of our tax dollars. But does it make sense for you to have an energy audit on your home? Will it benefit you? It won't benefit you if you're selling, but will it really benefit the new buyer? You know, one of the things that we always tell people to do, make sure you're coming into the marketplace knowing that you're going to have to have a home inspection. A home inspection is going to tell you what kind of condition your property is in. So does an energy audit make sense? Now, what the government's telling us, and of course, this is the provincial government, and, you know, you have to kind of thank a few people here in, in the governing world that, you know, hey, let's spend some money and let's, let's rationalize it and say that we're going to try to save everybody some money. I don't know. In my opinion, I think we're wasting money, and especially at $350 per property, and it adds up to, you know, we're over 100,000 properties this, this year alone. $35 million? Can we kiss that away and say, hey, it's for conservation? I don't know. Anyways, I've got another caller. It's Emma from Toronto. Hi, Emma. Thanks. Welcome to the show. Oh, hello. Yes, I have, I'm, I'm dealing with a financial institution and I'm getting phone calls because I went down there. They're pressuring me 
into renewing it. But now I'm listening to your program about variable. Yes. Because she wanted to put me into a fixed rate. And I'm just wondering, did they get paid on commission? Because she's phoned me three times already. Okay, so Emma, it sounds like you have a new best friend. You know, it's it's kind of funny. Um, now, if you don't mind me asking, you're coming up for renewal on your mortgage. Is that the situation? No, probably another year. But I'm... she wants to get it done beforehand. And I, I went into I went into my bank, and I I asked the teller. I said, "Oh, when's my mortgage up?" And then she put me into this woman's desk. <laughs> you know, and it was it was like a nightmare. And this woman has phoned me three times already, sure. and I, I'm just not prepared to do that. And I'm thinking, I'm listening to what you're saying. So, but, so here's the thing. Let me let me give you some friendly advice, Emma. And by the way, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um, in your situation, I'm going to ask you just one important question: Are you are you coming to the end of a five year mortgage, or do you have a variable mortgage? I had a fixed mortgage, okay. and I don't know. I've got about one third, okay, owing on on my your property. Page. Okay, so so when I talk about you know things such as rates, if you were in at a rate that you perhaps got, let's say three or four years ago, today the rates are better. Okay, today you can lock in a fixed rate mortgage at a better rate, but what you have to be cautious with is the fact that do you have what they call a discharge penalty? So are they willing to put you into a brand new mortgage product with no? penalty or fees? Are they willing to give you a better rate, which I would imagine should be lower than what you were in previously? Well, I don't know, because I, I believe now I'm paying, may I tell you that? I'm sure. paying about 2.45%, and I think that's quite high. 245 as a, as a mortgage rate? Yes. Oh, that's actually quite low. Um, that's oh. actually today, I can tell you that if you're going to get to a five year fixed mortgage today, the average lender is giving you at about 2.65. So you're about, uh, about 20 basis points higher today than you were with your current, your current rate. So th- oh. this, this is one of the, those things that I, I, I would ask that when you go back, you know what, there's nothing wrong with sitting down with them. Don't, don't ever, you know, give in to pressure. You've got lots of time if you've got a year no, left. No, but you know what, I, I, that woman was just a salesperson. Uh, of course and I they do are. believe she was just getting yep. paid commission. And I'm sorry, I just want to see the manager and just sure. get plain black and white. You got it. And you know what, Emma, thanks so much for the call today. Um, folks, just so you know, one of the things that I'm going to always advise people is that even if you're currently with a lender, I'm going to recommend that you actually go and entertain, you know, um, other lenders because there's lots that you can do right now as far as negotiating your rates. There's room to go. There's lots of lenders out there that are thinking to themselves, hey, listen, we're looking for all the new clients. There is negotiation to be had. Do not, you know, do not just automatically renew without seeing what your opposition has for you. So you know what? Keep that in mind because it's so important that you work towards getting a really, really good deal. You know, one of the things that we've got to talk about a little bit later, of course, is some of the new Syrian refugees and landlords. So you know what? I'm going to be talking about that um, when we come back. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. 
And welcome back. So, what do you think? Got any hot topics you want to talk about here on real estate? You can reach me 416-872-1010 or you can text me at 71010. Hey, remember a little bit earlier, if you were listening, I said I did not know we had a long distance number. 1-877-518-5151. Those are for my listeners in the outer markets. Love to hear from you if you've got some questions about real estate. Earlier, we've been uh, talking to a, uh, a few callers on some different topics. Seems like mortgages are a hot topic right now. Is it because we're coming up into the new year, you're a little bit concerned about your finances? You know, where are we going? Remember, don't overspend at Christmas. It's so easy to do. And then when you hit January, all of a sudden it's like, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to do? Do we sell the house? Hey, what about renting out your basement? Well, there's lots of things going on in the real estate market. And one of the ones, of course, was the energy audit that was introduced to us a couple weeks ago. And most people, I don't think, know a true definition of an energy audit audit. So what is an energy audit? Well, what's going to happen is there is going to be some people that are going to show up at your house. So it's an energy auditor. They're going to come in and they're going to start checking the usage of everything in your home. So for instance, they'll take a look at your windows and find out what kind of heat loss is happening in those. They're going to actually take a look at your appliances. Are they up to code? How new are they? They're going to find out, you know, how much are they a drain on your energy? What they'll do is they'll actually take a look at your meter. They're going to do the calculations when you are working at full tilt and when, of course, you're not. So by the time the energy audit is done, they're going to have a lot of recommendations. And this is going to create a bit of a problem for some if the house is not in very good shape. But here's my problem with this, is the biggest thing that most people have to understand is that when selling a home and in today's market, do we really care about the energy audit? I mean, with so many houses being knocked down or being renovated, we already know they need new windows. So this this one, again, it's been stuck in my, in my craw for a little while. I like talking about it because I want to make sure everybody's on the same page. So I'm going to go to um, a couple of our callers here, and we've had Gideon waiting. And hi, Gideon, and welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, sir. So uh, I, I understand I, you're, you're, you're calling regarding your mortgage, is that right? Yeah, I live in Thornhill. Yes. My mortgage is due, is finished in September next year. I have 6000 remaining. Okay. I pay 350 every two weeks. Right. And uh, with that bank, but I have also a, uh, a visa bill. Yes. With another bank for 4000 Okay that I'm paying uh, a lot of money because of how much they charge and all that. Right. Should I borrow money from my bank uh, and, and pay the visa from this bank? And then I have, uh, if I borrow it, it'll be like 10000 now. That will be the balance. Right. Okay, so here, here's a couple things. Uh, that, and, my, and my mortgage is not like a mortgage. What do you call it when you have a... Is a, a home line? Yeah? Is it a home line? So they call it a home line, which is like, it's like a line of credit yeah. on your home. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, put, put, put together, like, yeah. the, the, like the mortgage and the insurance and all that. They put it all together as a package, yep. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Gideon, this is a great question, and this is, this is one of the ones that I'd like to address to all of our listeners, and thanks so much, because it makes a lot of sense for people to understand 
when you have your home, you've got this built-in equity. And a lot of times what they'll do is they try to blend everything together so you can get rid of some of your high interest debt. So if you've got, Gideon, if you're running your credit card, you want to get rid of that. I'm going to first, first and foremost tell you, you know, cut up your credit card if you're struggling with it. And what you do is you turn around and you can blend it in either via a home line of credit on your house, or when you go to do your refinancing in September, they're going to blend it up, meaning they're going to give you a little bit more mortgage money. You're going to they're going to allocate the money to actually pay down your credit cards. But when they do it, they're going to be putting it in against the home. So we have to be careful that people don't get in the habit where they crank up their credit cards and keep taking equity out of their home and only bringing down the interest rate because, again, your your credit card interest rate is probably sitting at 19 20%, but yet your mortgage rate is probably sitting, you know, uh, sub 3%. So my advice, Gideon, is first of all, chop up the card and then from there, you know, have a chat with your bank and see what kind of line of credit they can give you to lower the interest payment and get that thing paid off. So anyways, Gideon, thanks so much for the call. You know, folks, it's interesting because this happens a lot for people. You know, they turn around and and unfortunately, you know, we got to watch that we don't create our homes and turn them into ATMs because this does happen. People start, you know, re-leveraging their homes to pay off their visa cards and they do it the first time and then they run up their visa cards again and they continue to do it. And what you do is you start eating away at your equity. Probably not the best thing that they should be doing. So I'm going to go to Tim from North York, and uh, welcome to the show, Tim. Hi, how are you today? Good, thanks. How are you? Well, not too bad. Listen, I can discuss both topics with you. First of all, I've had an M-lock on my home for quite a while, right. and the nice thing about the M-lock is that uh, when I've got extra cash and everything, if, uh, in the middle of the month, I pay whatever I have extra on it, and it takes it right off the principal. Right. Yep. Okay. That's the one nice thing about it. Now, with respect to energy audit, I had an energy audit on my home about, oh, 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, and since that time, I've done some more upgrades, but let me give, tell you what happened. They could not, the, the computer doing the energy audit and everything reported zero. And here's the reason why. My house was aluminum siding. What I did was I took, and where all of these two-by-fours uh, went straight up, I bolted in two-by-fours, then I clad it with chipboard, and then I cladded it with vinyl siding. My south wall is eight inches thick. Right. So my, my, and when I go across, every once in a while I do a check, and he, my guy just laughs at me because they've done nothing to their house with respect to what I've done. Sure. And my, my, my energy bill is, in some cases, 40 to 45% on average, lower than theirs is every year. So, Tim, listen, that, that's, that, that is excellent that you've done this. Now, the question, though, is do you think that everybody that is selling their home should be required to have an energy audit? I th- get an energy audit every time I get my electric bill. Yeah, I know. I agree. And you know what? That's one of those things that I think that most people are aware of. That's you know, right. And, you know, you look at your electricity, you look at your gas bills, you know, if they, you know, when they start going up more and more and more, of course, this is where one of those things. Now, but, yeah. but the provincial government are the ones who are saying, hey, listen, before you be, before you can sell your home, they're going to make it mandatory that well, people will that, turn around. Kathleen Wynne is going to lose a lot of votes. She won't be in, <laughs> she won't be in power. And I'm, a, I, and I'm a giant of hard... 
dying the word liberal. Well, you know what, Tim? I, I I appreciate your phone call, and you know what? Good for you for for taking you know taking the initiative to make your your house more efficient. Yeah, well, it's got also got twenty four inches of blown insulation in the attic. Yep. Well, that's along with a new roof. You know, that, those are all the things that you can do. Um, I probably you know, and I'll, I'll I'll give you a little bit more information. I only paid thirty thousand dollars for this place forty years ago. <laughs> I probably spent two hundred thousand dollars on it and two hundred fifty in renovation. Yep. And. Just the other day, I turned down nine ninety five. Well, you know, good for you. And you know what? If anything, that's a testament to real estate. So, Tim, thanks so much for your call. I appreciate it. And you know, congratulations. You know, you made a great move. And by by continuing on, you know, taking care of your your energy, you know, and making sure your conservation's in check. You know, I think that's a positive thing. Do we need the government to tell us this though? The real question is: Do you want an outside source coming into your home telling you that you? are not efficient, you need to replace your fridge, you need to replace your windows. Does this make sense? I don't know. Anyways, just so you know, folks, you can reach me here at 416-872-1010. We are talking anything real estate this week. We want your questions, of course, and, uh, you know, I'll take more. And you can always text me here at 71010. And for those people, you know, outside of the Toronto area, one 518 Would love to hear from you. And we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, I'll take more of your calls. So stay with us. Now, more of Simply Real Estate with host Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater, and you are listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010. And it is a free-for-all. We're talking anything real estate, 416-872-1010, or you can text me here at 71010. So, you know what? It's uh, It's been an interesting uh, day so far. We've had a lot of people asking us about mortgages. You know, it's an interesting thing. Mortgages, mortgages, mortgages. Money, money, money. Real estate, real estate, real estate. You know, it, they kind of all go hand in hand. And at the beginning of every year, it seems like everybody starts getting a little bit antsy about it. But you know what? We're, we're, we're almost at Christmas. You know, it's a wonderful time of year. I love this time of year. Um, you know, I don't know how many of you have been decorating your homes. And, uh, you know, I always say that when you're when you're a real estate investor, you own a uh, house or perhaps a condo or something like that. But when you actually are the person living there and you own it, it's your home. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny because the other day my, my fiance, you know, we're walking around the house and she turns around and she said, hey, it looks like Santa Claus threw up here. You know, I don't know if most of you like to decorate that way, but I sure do. And, uh, you know, home's a home and you can make lots of memories in a home. I'm a huge believer that I think everybody should own a home. And uh, who knows, is 2016 going to be the year that you own your first home or are you going to do a move up? You know, we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, the CMHC rules that have changed. And of course, Canadian Mortgage and Housing uh, Institute and and throughout Canada, they decide to put a little bit of a pressure valve on something that I think is not going to have a huge effect on the market. And I'm wondering, do you have an opinion on it? So here's the change. And, and you know, we kind of beat the dead horse over for about a week and a half on this thing. But what happened was, is they said that anybody buying a high ratio mortgage, so something with less than 20% down over 500000 up to a million, you need to have 10% on that last amount. So up to 500000 you put 5% down. So let's buy, let's say we buy something for $600,000. The first 500, 5% down. So $25,000 down is your down payment. Now the last 100000 is 10% 
down. So now all of a sudden we've got to turn around and we've got $35,000 we're putting down on a property, you know, and then every 100000 up from that, you're putting in the extra ten. So the question is, is this going to cool the market all uh, coming into the spring? And, you know, my take is that no, because not as many first-time homebuyers are buying up around $700,000, $800,000. And I think more people have a little bit more equity. So I think we're okay in this marketplace. If you are north of a million dollars, you have to come up with 20% down. So your conventional mortgage, CMHC does not have to deal with that. So again, a little bit of a pressure valve, yes. Is it going to have adverse effect on the market? I don't think so. Um, for you out there, for those of you that are thinking about this, you know, who knows? So I'm going to go to uh, the phone lines now. We've got uh, Todd. Hey, I love your name. Out of Stouffville. Sorry for keeping you waiting, Todd. Welcome to the show. Yeah, no problem. Um, my wife owns a triplex in, in the beat in the Danforth, Danforth Woodbine area. Right. And she, she doesn't want to get harassed like that call two or three calls ago. Right. But she would like to get an appraisal. <clears throat> now, just by the area, we'll say Woodbine, Mortimer area. Right. What type of value would you be looking at in that area? Well, you see, here's here's the thing. You're you're going to be all over the market. Keeping in mind that a triplex, you're going to be da- you know basically looking at your square footages. Is it a legal conforming triplex? Yes, it's a legal triplex. It was built as a triplex. Tr- built as a registered. Tri- what's your, what's your average uh, suite size? Do you know? Oh, about uh, average seven hundred, I guess. Seven hundred. So the whole thing's probably about twenty five hundred square feet. Yeah. What's the what's the last sale closest to you that you're aware of? I don't know of any. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things I'm I, I'm not going to guesstimate for you because it's pretty tough to do. You know, if I give you one number and I'm off, I don't want that would be unjust because I have to actually physically see the property. But here's what, what I would recommend. There's two ways you can do this, and you don't have to get harassed by it. But what you can do is you can either ask a local realtor and just tell them, look, it simply we're not thinking of selling, but we want to get an idea of value. Are you not obligated then to go to them? No. No, you're not. Not at all. In fact, unless you sign an agreement of purchase and sale, you can have anybody come in. It's up to them to earn your business. So you could have three people come in, giving you an evaluation, and you can walk away from all three. So keep that in mind. You're not committed. And and, and all good realtors know this. And you want to have a realtor come in because they're going to give you the most up-to-date value in what has happened recently in sales. So my best advice to you is take... Take some of the names that you see locally. So if you see a lot of for sale signs or sold signs, sold signs are the best indicator of of an activity of an agent. But if you see one that you you see on a regular basis, give them a call, say, hey, look, we're we're looking for a value. And if they say, well, you know, are you thinking of selling? You can make a decision to tell them what you want to tell them. You know, who knows? Maybe you do want to sell. But ultimately, in the end, you don't owe them anything. Okay, they're going to come in. They're going to give you their sales pitch, but they're going to give you the facts. How do you do this? Todd, without upsetting your tenants. Well, here's the thing. Um, you're you're going to want to give the tenants notice, okay, 24 hours notice to say, hey, listen, we're just going to have somebody pop in. You can also have the realtor, you can describe your property to the realtor and they can do what they call a superficial evaluation, which means you're giving them the details. You can tell them, once I've decided, if I decide to list the property, then I'll give you access. So, you, and you can tell them, we don't want to disturb the tenants. Okay, sure. so be upfront. Say, listen, I don't want to disturb the tenants. I need to get an approximation because this is, you know, we're trying to establish where we're at with this thing. We don't know if we're going to sell, but we want to get an idea of the value. Yeah. And you know what? Just do it that way. You don't, Todd, you do not owe them anything. You don't have to sign with them. If anything, you're going to get on their Christmas list. Okay. 
Okay, I, I was kind of hoping by area you could you could. You'd yeah, there's there's no there's no set equation, and that's the problem. This is why you got to be site specific. Make sure you get the details, and it's got to be a similar kind of property. Yes. Alrighty. All right. Anyways, thanks for the call, thanks, Todd. Thanks, Todd. All right, excellent. So you know what? That's a good point, uh, folks. Do you know the value of your property? Realtors are in the business of educating people, not just to sell the property, but they a good realtor knows that they can build a rapport with a future client by giving them information. The people that will turn around and say, "Well, unless you're willing to sell, then I'm not going to bother coming to see you." Guess what? You don't want that person as your agent in the future. So definitely, you know. Use people that understand the business, that you can that can earn your business in the future. Make sure you're looking for the people that are the full-time professionals in the area. I'm going to go to our next caller, and it's Matthew from Scarborough. Hi there, Matthew. How are you today? Good, thanks, and welcome to Simply Real Estate. So what do you think? Uh, people can do their own energy audit? Well, I think so, because ultimately, if there's going to be an action out of the audit, then people are going to have to understand enough about their house so that they can manage the action, right? Whether it's gonna, whether they're gonna do weather stripping, more insulation, or, or more fuel efficient for all that sort of stuff, they've got to be informed, anyways. Sure. So why not let them do the benchmarking of their house based on types of equipment, square feet, and then after that, it's it wouldn't be not that hard to just do a little inspection to note the you know, the areas of the house that are related to energy efficiency, you know, like, you know, insulation and your, you know, the type of uh, air conditioner you have, the age of your furnace. So, Matthew, so I can ask you a quick question. Are you a fairly handy person? Uh... Not around the house. I was on the farm. <laughs> okay, so one of the reasons why I asked that question is, you know, sometimes, do you know that I, I have met buyers that don't do not know that a furnace has a filter? Oh, yeah? Yes. So, you know, we can't naturally assume that everybody would even just, even even with a book, a manual or whatever, know how to take a look and understand insulation for that matter, you know, how thick it should be, uh, windows, even, you know, knowing that you can actually look on the inside of a window to figure out when it was made. So I would agree with you that I think that the homeowner should have the ability to take care of this. I just don't know if, you know, they will have the experience or the know-how to do it. So anyways, uh, Matthew, thanks for the call. And uh, we appreciate you listening. So folks, you know, one of the things that we have to be careful of is is the idea of an energy audit. What happens when they decide to change it and start saying when they find certain issues that now it's going to be mandatory to fix them? And this is my concern, is that what happens if we have to start fixing the issues? By the way, today it's a free-for-all. I want to have your questions. I, um, you can reach me here, 416-872-1010. You can text me at 71010. And of course, for the uh, listeners outside of the GTA area, you can reach me at one 518 5151. And uh, definitely, you know, I want to talk more about, you know, what you've got in mind uh, in real estate. Here we are. We're coming up to the end of 2015. What do you see 2016 looking like? Love to know what you think. 
2016 is going to entail for real estate. Is the market going to continue? Are we going to see the interest rates jump? I'm going to give you my opinion when we come back right after the break, but stay with us. I want to hear from you and we'll talk to you when we come back. Now, back to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater, In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. And welcome back. So we've had an interesting show so far. Lots of people calling in. Love to hear from you. It's a free-for-all at uh, 416-872-1010 talking about real estate. And, you know, I got to tell you, it's interesting because there's so much that we can talk about. I think that we need a longer show. I'll run it by my producer one of these days and see if maybe we can do a three-hour show because I think there's just not enough time some weeks to talk about everything in the marketplace. But you know what? I'm going to go up, uh, going to go after one um, probably right up my alley just because, you know, we talk a lot about investment real estate here. Um, you know, you can always reach me, by the way, at 905-812-2524. I am The Simple Investor as well. And uh, The Simple Investor, you can go to thesimpleinvestor.com and find out more about how we work with investment properties. But speaking of, we've got Ian from Newmarket. And uh, Ian, th- welcome to the show. Hi. So uh, thanks for the call. And I see that you're uh, you're asking about taking a line of credit on an investment property to purchase another one. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, Ian, you know what? I, I got to tell you, I, I would tell you to come to one of my seminars, but you, you, you've got it bang on. Um, a lot of times people will do what they call a refinance on an investment property, but you can take a line of credit on an investment property to get the down payment for the next investment property. So it's a, it's a great way of doing it. And what you're utilizing is leverage. And the best part about it is it's tax-free. So uh, do you currently own an investment property? Yeah, actually I do. Okay. And do you have a fair bit of equity sitting on it right now? Yeah, I would say around uh, approximately anywhere from I think to 70,000 uh, equity in it. Okay. So so ideally, you can do it via a line of credit where they'll probably allow you to pull a little bit off it. Remem- right. Remember, though, the banks will not let you create more uh, leverage than, uh, than 80% on an investment property. So you always have to have a minimum of 20% equity in it. I see. Yeah. Okay, well, that's very helpful. I appreciate that. Yeah, so just keep that in mind on on your leverage point with your value and no more than 80%. So once you start building up some equity, that's going to give you a little bit of leeway that you can pull it out. So, all right. Thanks for the call, Ian. Okay, take care. Thank you. Okay, thank you. So, you know, folks, that's a great idea for a lot of people when they're looking at owning investment properties and multiple investment properties. And, you know, we talk a lot about this at our seminars. And, of course, people could have meetings with me and talk directly to me uh, about that is that, you know, leverage is so important in investment real estate. It's one of the best forms of investment in the world. And it's easy for people to turn around and grow what I call generational wealth for your future. So I'm going to take another call and it's from Amy. And uh, Amy, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Well, that was very interesting, your last call. Um, I own an investment, well, an income property myself. Well, it's not completely mine yet. I still uh, owe a mortgage. Yep. But can I take advantage of that if I was interested in... um, you, you, and buying another income property, I can I could take a line of credit? Yes, you can. So understanding what your leverage point is is so important, Amy, is that know what equity you have sitting there. And again, yes. the bank and will... And know what I 
find out about my equity? So here's the two things. You can either go to your lender and you can have them turn around and send an appraiser and you can tell them, you know, I'm thinking of putting a line of credit on my investment property and they'll send an appraiser there. Or if you don't do that, you can send in your own appraiser or have a realtor tell you the value. Now, the bank will not give you more money unless they have their appraisal do it. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's got to be the bank appraiser. But yeah. if you're not quite there yet, there's no point in getting the bank involved because the bank the bank will charge you for that appraisal. Yes, they would. Okay. But it's good to know. I didn't know this. Yeah. So by all means, it's a great idea. So, you know, I think you were calling originally. Yes. Thank um, you very much. And I, I, I I, I hope one day you'll get a three-hour show because you have a very good show. It's very interesting. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, I love it. Um, listen, I was a pl- I, I budgeted for two years to put money aside, and uh, you know, and I, I researched and uh, had people come in. I wanted to change my siting because I pay the electricity for both my tenants upstairs as well. Right. And um, anyway, a long story short, uh, a lot of crooks here, uh, too much money. So well, I'm, uh, what I'm going to do is that uh, I'm up for renewal next year. Yes. And uh, I'm planning on um, on getting a line of credit to do this. Uh, it's a big job. It's a story, a two-story house. Yes. What do you re- how do you recommend me going about? Uh, like, do I get a line of credit? Okay, so there's two there's two things you can do. Um, what they actually can create for you is a product that is both a line of credit and a mortgage, and they'll blend it. So this means that you've got some money that you have access. It's all secured against your your home, just so you know. So line of credit needs to be secured against the home, and so would your mortgage. But what they'll do is they'll give you a blended product, or you could just roll it all into a mortgage and have a refinance done to your home to the higher value, and you can pull that equity out. Now, the best thing about this is it is your principal residence. So there is, again, no tax implication, as, as in an investment property, by the way. When you do a refinance, there's no tax implication. It doesn't matter if it's a principal residence or an investment property. But for yourself, my recommendation would be take a look at the interest rate at the time. So yeah. if you can get a better blended mortgage, so a lower amount than let's say what they're going to charge at prime for your for your actual line of credit, it might be better for you to roll it into the mortgage. Lower it into the mortgage because yep. I just heard you pre- uh, a while ago you were saying that it's very important as homeowners to not uh, use a uh, line of credit as an ATM. Right. So no, now remember, we and I was referring more to the gentleman who was talking about his visa. Okay. And so you know when so by we, doing this, is uh, not going to take the equity out of my no, house. No. No. If anything, no? you're you're improving the home. Keeping in mind that when you start doing renovations, and again, this one this one's an energy renovation, which is good. You know, yes. it's not as visible for people as if you were doing an addition or doing you know some kind of I I call it smoke and mirror renovation. Yes. But when you do it, it's going to make it more efficient. For you, long term, you're going to save money from, from your energy costs, for sure. So yes. this is the kind of stuff that I think is very important for people to do. And um, just remember, when you are going to have the siding done, make sure you bolster the the actual insulation behind the siding. Make sure it's oh, done properly, sure. okay? Because, sure. you know, you, the last thing you want to do is put on brand new siding and not have any effect. So yeah. it's always good to add the extra insulation at that time. For sure, definitely. All righty. I thank you kindly, sir. Yeah, thanks so much for your call, Amy. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
So folks, you know, great question um, when people are starting to say, hey, listen, we're going to start improving our homes. So how do we do it? Where can we spend the money? And how do we get the money? Again, talking about ATMs and houses, you know, this goes back to the US market that absolutely took a beating. And it's because people were actually utilizing, you know, the cash out of the house for not improving the home, but just for life itself. You know, they're buying big SUVs after refinancing their house, and they were speculating that their house was going to go up a lot in value. Unfortunately, this doesn't always happen in certain marketplaces. And this is why in 2009, the US market, not just the sub, you know, prime market, the sub lending market to it, um, had a huge adverse effect to it. But again, you know, one of the things that we have to do is we have to take a look at what are you doing with the money? Again, it's excellent to improve your home. I think renovations, I think 2016 is going to be a year of renovations. And I think it's really important. So a um, couple things that I just want to touch before we before we finish up today is that um, when we take a look at uh, big picture stuff, again, I think we've got a great 2016 ahead of us. And by the way, just so you know, next week, when uh, we are actually going to be on on Boxing Day, um, I'm going to have a guest join me. He is a property manager, and he's going to give advice um, you know, give some really sound advice to landlords about what they should be prepared to do if you're not getting paid, what forms you need. This is the kind of stuff, folks, that you're going to need to know, especially in January, because this is where we start seeing a lot of defaults. Right after Christmas, we start seeing people default on their mortgages. Um, I've got uh, time for one more quick more uh, quick call. It's Zach from Toronto. And uh, welcome to the show, Zach. Hi, Todd. Give a Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Uh, so I just want to ask, uh, I just recently, my mortgage um supposed to be on uh, March 28th. Yes. And uh, yeah. I early renewed from Moses Scotia. Um, I was afraid maybe it's going to go up, and I just renewed it for two years with uh, 2.29. Okay. Um, but now I said, um, it, can I go back and say, tell them, can I do it for variable for five years? Is there any possibility? Okay, so Zach, great question, and people need to understand. Um, however your mortgage was structured, they're going to show you what an er- early penalty is. Now, because you had a low interest rate, chances are you can get out, and it'll cost you three months interest penalty. Okay, so um, keep in mind that whenever you come out of a mortgage early, they're going to look a minimum of three months. If there was a huge change in interest rates, let's say the interest rate just dropped off and was like a half a point or a point lower than what you currently have, then the chances are they're going to hit you for a bit more of a fee. But other than that, you can you can do it, but it's going to cost you a little bit to break it. That's all. Oh, I just renewed it uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, no, I, I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't play with that right now, Zach. It's going to cost you some money. So, all righty. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks so much. So listen, folks, um, you know what, here's, here's, here's the best thing about this is that, you know what, as I, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, we've got, uh, we've got Christmas, uh, you know, it looks like Santa, you know, absolutely lost his mind in our house. Um, one of the things that I'd like to do, though, of course, is for all of our listeners out there, um, you know, uh, with News Talk 1010, and for all of us here at Simply Real Estate, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. And, you know, we we love it that we've got so many listeners on the show.
show. We just continue to grow. And, you know, it's been a wonderful 2015. I wish everybody all the best for 2016. But of course, you know, I'll be talking to you next week on Boxing Day. Hopefully you'll be able to tune in. You're going to listen to a property manager uh, discuss, you know, some of the things you need to be as being a prudent landlord, making sure you've got all your ducks in a row. Um, One of the other things I'm going to do for you is I'm going to, if you're thinking of buying, I'm going to give you the hardcore list of what you need to have prepared before you buy. So this list isn't just the, hey, make sure you got your financing in place, make sure you've got this in place. No, no, this is the list that I'm going to take you right through the process of financing, right through the process of having a home inspection, and right through the process of vetting lawyers. Yes, I know a lot of you out there, lawyers listening to me, you don't like me saying these things, but I got to tell you, you know what? People have to be selective. So again, once again, from all of us and my family to yours, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. You know what? I love listening to your phone calls and I look forward to many more of them in the new year. So Merry Christmas, everyone. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010. Have a wonderful Christmas and I'll talk to you on Boxing day. This is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.